Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. So when you think it's the very end or when you just can't handle it anymore, you feel like you're completely broken and shattered. If you kind of go back to where you're from, which is what I did with my grandparents, I kind of found these little pieces of me along the way and I just started putting them back together. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. From cookbooks to TV, magazines, and more, Candice Kumai is a well-known name in wellness. In fact, she's known as the golden girl of wellness. She beautifully weaves her advice for healthful living into stories and her own life and heritage, all with a mission to inspire a new generation of wellness lovers and creative artists. I have so many questions for Candice. What has the journey been like so far? What messy middle moments taught her the most? How is the wellness space changing? And what does she think of it all? And really, what is it like to judge a cooking competition on the Food Network. She'll share it all and give you her tips and secrets based on the Kintsugi wellness. Here she is, Candice Kumai. Thanks to ShipStation for supporting Gold Digger. No matter where you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. Use my offer code Gold Digger to get a 60-day free trial. Primally Pure is my go-to natural non-toxic skincare and it's changed the game for my skin, not to mention I can actually pronounce the ingredients. For 10% off your Primally Pure order, go to jennacutcher.com slash skincare. Here we go, Candice. It is due time. I told you before, but I remember just a few years ago, you commented on something of mine. And I was like, wait, what? She knows <laughs> I exist. So thank you for having this conversation with me today on the podcast. I'm so honored to get to speak with you. 
Dude, of course, Jenna, you make me laugh and blush because I was like, dude, well, I was thinking the same thing about you. So, you know, <laughs> and that's like a bona fide girl crush right there in tandem. I am ready. Okay, Miss Golden Girl of Wellness, who had to pause before we hit record so that she could make her famous matcha. You have been named that Golden Girl of Wellness by Elle and Forbes. But I want to know, like, Candice, how do you describe yourself and this journey that has led you to where you are today? Well, okay, so good question, Jenna. First of all, I'm just a normal girl from San Diego. (laughs) I grew up with a Polish American dad who was in the U S Navy and a mother who was from Japan, who is proud to be Japanese and Buddhist. So my sister and I grew up in this like multicultural household. I went to Long Beach state for my undergrad. I was in nine weddings over the past 10 years. And so I'm like a pro bridesmaid. (laughs) I, I'm a former model turned chef turned journalist. So I have a lot of irons and different fires. But at the end of the day, most people would just say Candace is probably the coolest, funniest person you'll meet. I'm just a little weird. And I don't really get to show that side when I'm on the Today Show or Iron Chef, because you only get to see about five minutes of me. But I, I'm a huge advocate for women. I've written six books that were predominantly for women in health and cooking and now Japanese culture. So I just, I'm a woman lover. I'm a supporter. I'm a girlfriend. I'm a pro bridesmaid. And I'm just the, you know, that multicultural girl that wanted to share a lot of pieces of my past and my future with the world with the only intent of just wanting to help others. So my family is entrepreneurs and volunteers. My mom's still a Japanese language and cultural teacher. My dad's a former nuclear auditor, retired Navy vet. And my sister is an entrepreneur who runs her own cycling shop in London. So by default, we're educators, auditors, and I guess you could say we're our own form of philanthropic influence in the world too, because our work spans between Japan to London, across Europe, back to the US. And although it seems like a tall order, I know you'll understand this and a lot of other listeners will too. I'm really just doing the work that I know I was called to do because I utilize like every skill and talent that I have in order to help others to feel like they belong or they're special. Or if someone's in need of help, I'm always like, well, I guess I'm here to do that job. Mm. Sometimes that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say you are so approachable. Like that is the word that comes to mind in how you show up because regardless of where you're showing up, if it's on TV or in writing or your books or your own platform, I feel like it's like, Candice, you're just inviting us in. It's a superpower of yours for sure. Thanks, Jenna. That was not planned. But yeah, (laughs) most people would probably say you're the most accessible journalist and chef that's in media that we know. Rodney Jones, the the head of Moet Hennessy with Belvedere in the US had said that in a speech last year, and it, it kind of blew me away. He's like, it doesn't matter where she is or what assignment she's on or what TV show she's on. You can always write to Candace and she'll write you back like, you know, within minutes as a best friend. 
And you know what's weird, Jenna, is I I thought that was pretty normal, but apparently it's not. So, <laughs> so thank you for calling out the superpower of a woman who loves to communicate with other women, but also with like love and integrity. You know, like I would never work on a project that I didn't feel was suited to my skill set. And I wouldn't want the girls that are coming out of college or coming out of different jobs right now or going through tough times in COVID, I wouldn't want them to be steered, you know, or driven into the wrong direction either. So I kind of feel like you and I are also pioneering and leading the path for other girls to sort of watch. And it's hard to be a good example, frankly, because as much as I love to, you know, go out and party and do all kinds of crazy things. Like at the end of the day, I still very much cherish the position that you and I have created for ourselves. And in no way would I ever want to take advantage of it, but rather just be a really good example by being a good example. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You glazed over a very important part of your story. I'm not letting you off the hook on this because you basically just said, you know, I was a model and then I was a chef and and now I'm a writer for Vogue and Girl Boss and all of these amazing things and places. And I want to know, you know, as you've shifted from model to chef to writer to director to journalist, what has that looked like? Like, how did you pivot and almost reinvent yourself so many different times while maintaining all of those titles through the process? What a great question, Jenna. Okay. So you know how a lot of the time you and I are just in the zone and we're actually just head down working hard 99% of the time. So I tend to tell people like, great, you have a nine to five. I have a when I open my eyes till the time I close my (laughs) eyes kind of job. So I think this skill set of an entrepreneurial family came from this Polish American integrity that my father had as a nuclear auditor and watching him as a child. And my mother who came here to, because she fell in love with my father when he was stationed in Tokyo, both of them had to work 10 times harder than everybody around them because They both had to learn English. So my father at 11 had to relearn culture and language. And then my mother already knew English in Japan, but she had to come here and raise two daughters through the 1980s, which I can imagine being Japanese and never, never coming to the U.S. before that was really crazy. So... What I'm getting at is we're probably talking about the messy middle and the transitions of reinventing oneself. So there's a Japanese saying, and I use this term in my book, Kintsugi Wellness, Oyanose wo mitte kowa sodatsu, which translates in short to children learn by watching what their parents do, not by what they say. So my sister and I just had really good entrepreneurial parents that went out of their way to make something of themselves when they came from nothing. I mean, my father lived on a poor farm in Poland, and he said when it got cold, the bucket that collected water in his bedroom would freeze over. So I had nothing to complain about as a child other than the fact that I was the only Asian kid in a predominantly white and Hispanic classroom. That was a little weird for me and also very hurtful and painful. As I got older, I realized that I could use my skill set. So if I was like 5'8 and 110 pounds, like then I could model 
And then when I got a little bit curvier, I just continued to fit model and print model. And I used that money to put myself through culinary school. So what I did was like, I used the skill set that I knew I had to bring another skill set. So I saved thousands of dollars to pay my way through culinary school on my own because my mother said, you know, you can cook for your friends, but you cannot cook for a living. I'm not going to pay for culinary school. Me and your father, we already pay for college. So I was like, your mom is so wise. Whenever you (laughs) on Dr. Oz, whenever somebody asks you about your mother, I'm like, she is the wise mother that we all hear. In our voice, like, I love your mom. I love your mom. <laughs> Thanks, Jenna. I'll tell her you said that. Yeah, she's f- boss. She's I mean, so people, smart. Totally. People think I'm cool and smart. I'm like, we can only meet my mom. Mm-hmm. So she does have very wise words. Thank God that she was the catalyst that didn't believe in me at 22 when I enrolled myself into culinary school. Because had she had been a, oh, you're so good, you're so smart, you're so beautiful kind of parent. I probably wouldn't have ever put myself through culinary school and paid for it on my own. So once I learned the skill set of culinary, I went to cook on the line. I knew I wanted to be a food writer. So I finally retired my modeling career, probably around 25, which was super lucrative and easy. And cooking on the line was like less than 10 bucks an hour, but it was so worth it. And then I moved myself to New York because I knew I had to become the writer that I always dreamed of becoming in food. So I signed book deals with Rodale, Hyperion, Random House, and then HarperCollins, where I'm at now. And those six books that I penned throughout New York were beside being a food editor at large at Shape and Men's Fitness, which is now Men's Journal, and a columnist at Men's Health and Women's Health. So what I suggest to a lot of girls that they want to reinvent themselves is you've got to put yourself in the position where you can learn different skills and it's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to get paid a lot and it's not going to be glamorous in between those, you know, 15 to sometimes 20 hour work days. I would go and do shoots on set at Dr. Oz, the Today Show, Iron Chef, and I would never get paid for any of those. And that's something that most people should know is being a public figure is lovely, but it's certainly not glamorous and it's not always lucrative. Sometimes it just comes down to the hardest working motherfucker out there. And that was always me. And I think that's what all the boys would say too. Is like, it doesn't matter if it's Chef Mark Forgione or Marco Canora or Akhtar Nawab, who are all protégés under people like Tom Colicchio or, or cooked along the line with David Chang. What matters is that I worked harder than any other girl in my space, which inevitably down the line, not immediately, would somehow work to my benefit because it was like, well, who can we count on? Or who's going to come out with a book that is going to be legit gangster? Or who's going to come out with something that's never been done before? Everybody time and time again would be like, Candace can do it. So it was basically not only reinventing, but making sure that I took the job that was coming my way very seriously, regardless if it was paid or not. You know, it that's the key, I think, to making it is entrepreneurship, is not about making cash. It's about being so f- good at your job, as Maya Angelou says. She doesn't say the F word, though. She says, <laughs> she says, 
find something you love and do it so well that people cannot take their eyes off of you. That's what entrepreneurship is. Mm, that is so powerful. And I feel like you have done all of that work. And I mean, when we look at your journey, it's not it hasn't been a few years or even a decade. It's been way longer than that. <laughs> and I think nowadays, it's so easy to just say, Oh, my goodness, wow, she has a bunch of books. And she's been featured on all these places. And she writes for these columns. And it's, it's like, whoa, let's take a step back and like put back together that journey that led you here. Because it definitely hasn't been short and it has for sure not been easy. Right. And that's another good point, Jenna, is I would rather be in this and play the role of the tortoise because I think that slow and steady always wins the race. You know, after my last relationship, I didn't dive into finding another man. I just worked on myself for a while and I enjoyed that. I traveled the world. I wrote a couple books. I did every dream job that I knew I could fulfill up until this point where I was like, holy I think I might have made it and I don't think I need to live in New York anymore. So <laughs> that was sort of like a personal aha moment where I was like, all right, I can move out of Brooklyn, but only under the circumstance that I travel for one year, fulfill a lot of my dreams, and then I'll settle back in LA where I'm at now. And my friends kind of always told me, they're like, once you stay in one place, you are going to attract the right person in your life and everything is just going to unfold. And it certainly, Jenna, was not perfect. It wasn't easy and it wasn't lucrative. Like the job that I chose as a writer, journalist, director now is more about tolerance and resilience than it is money, fame, you know, it's none of the glamour that you see out there. It's only hard work and grit. So I commend you when I see how hard you work, because I know that podcasting looks so easy for most people, but it's actually a load of energy. And after I used to record, I used to feel exhausted or like worn down or kind of just like emotionally drained. And I know you understand what I mean. Because I had given so much of myself to everyone else and I wasn't really filling my own cup. So even though reinventing my career for over, like we're talking about like almost two decades now of doing what I do, I started modeling at 15 and I was a waitress also at 15 and then, or not, I was a hostess before I was a waitress, but I worked in restaurants very young after a multitude of years, you know, waitressing and modeling in tandem after culinary school, writing books, and then being a magazine editor, I think that was enough. That was enough for me to see what I was good at. And that was hosting in front of a camera, cooking in front of a camera, and writing really beautiful, foolproof recipes that nobody could really compare their work to because. I think when you find out who you are, you can dive so deep inside of your gut and your heart and your mind that when you pioneer, you create something new. It's almost like a form of art. And my favorite quote by Saul Bass is, I want to create beautiful things even if nobody cares. 
And that is the mentality that I've always had as a kid. My aunt has a permanent collection at the MoMA, Kyoko Kumai, and my grandfather, Jun Kumai, had collections all over Japan, including the Tokyo Metropolitan Museum of Art. And if truth, you know, if truth be told, like, I think that a lot of artists have generational gaps where I think my grandpa's mentality of art and artistry and doing beautiful things, even if nobody cares, was certainly passed on to me. And I carry that Kumai torch as the youngest member of the Kumai family that's left. And I just felt like creating things was so fulfilling. And if there are other girls out there listening that are really interested in becoming, you know, entrepreneurs like you and I, Jenna, I recommend to them to stay resilient be confident in your work, always do your best, gambate in Japanese, and work with moral integrity, man. Like just do what you say you're going to do and keep your head down and work because I'm not really impressed with like Instagram followings. I'm impressed with things that you can see that are tangible when the battery dies. You know, I, I like people that have grit and clout and years under their belt. And I also like really funny and weird people. Like the guy that I'm dating, he told me that the etymology of the word weird actually means controlling one's destiny. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You're like, you okay, I can be weird. I can be weird. Wow. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, obviously into intelligence and being weird. I mean, I just think it's cool. Yeah. Wow. So like. My dad does say life is full of surprises, so you can't ever really get too down on yourself or take yourself too serious. At the end of the day, if you live with moral integrity, grace, and true humility, and you just continue to work hard on this journey and do things that you know you love, it is inevitable that at some point you'll be able to see these little flickers of light and success through the gold cracks and it will not be perfect and it will not be easy. And f- the people that say that it's easy, it is not. <laughs> like, it is the hardest career path you're ever going to take. But is it worth it? Hell yeah, it's worth it. I'd never trade, I wouldn't trade my life for anybody. Like, maybe Giselle Bunchen, I used to say, <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Tell me if this is true for you. Do you believe natural skincare just won't work as well? I used to believe that myth too before I switched my entire skincare routine to Primally Pure. I started to explore the non-toxic line after my miscarriages because I learned that my skin was absorbing everything that I put on it and it was impacting my body on the inside too. Well, I became obsessed with reading labels and consider me a completely converted skeptic and Primally Pure's number one fangirl. I've been using the Primally Pure Clarifying Serum just five to 10 drops a day for a few months and my skin is breaking out less, it's brighter, and it's helping me keep inflammation down. And Primally Pure Cleansing Oil absolutely changed my skin in the way that I thought about skincare in general. Like it felt counterproductive to cleanse with oil, right? 
well, wrong. It actually feels like magic, but really it's non-toxic skincare that not only does the job, it makes my evenings feel like a little spa getaway. For 10% off your order, head to primallypeer.com and use the code JK10. That's the code JK10 at primallypeer.com. And if you want to learn more about my favorites and how I use them, head to jennacutcher.com slash skincare. Your customers, they want the option to buy your product online, especially right now and especially in this business climate. You need to have an efficient, effective, and affordable option for shipping your products. Are you ready to meet the demands of our new delivery culture? Get ready with ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting a lot of orders out fast, it can be tough. How do you keep track of who gets what? Which shipping carrier should you use? Are you getting the best rates? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It is the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your products. Just a few clicks and you'll be managing your orders, printing out labels, and getting your product to happy customers. No matter the size of your business or where you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. And right now, Gold Digger listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the offer code GOLDDIGGER. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of delivery culture. Get started today at ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Gold Digger. That's ShipStation.com and enter the offer code Gold Digger. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Oh my gosh. You know what's wild is you just segued me to something I didn't tell you I was going to do, but I'm doing anyways. There's this piece of your book that I highlighted and I've had it on my desk for the last like month. And what it is, and this is, I'm just going to read you your own words. Is that weird? Oh my God. No, I've never had someone do this. Okay. Okay. So one day I was in Kyoto observing a Kintsugi master. He reminded me of my grandfather, an impressionist painter with his wisdom, artistic character, and massive amount of talent. Carefully, he sealed the pieces of broken pottery until they were whole again and painted the cracks with gold. As I watched this talented man put his energy and soul into bringing shattered vessels back to life, it hit me. Kintsugi is a self-care that we all need and deserve. It's applied to vessels that are not just broken, but beloved. The gold that seals the cracks is applied with an artist's care and devotion. The finished product is more beautiful than it was before. And we deserve this too. And we shouldn't have to wait until we feel broken to give ourselves this gift. Now, one of the lines that you say that I love is that you say, my experience of learning how to put myself back together made me stronger, tougher, and more resilient. Walk Mm. me through because this statement, I mean, it's just one page out of many, um, but this statement, I think is just so pertinent to anyone listening and can be applied. And you hinted at a lot of this as you were sharing about your grandfather and the gold and, and self-care and, and self-discovery, but talk to me more about what this has looked like and what it means to you. Wow, this is so interesting because I've never had somebody like read back parts of my own book to me. Okay, but Jen, I'm really glad that you found beauty in those lines because I was probably at the worst point in my career when I wrote that book. So Kintsugi Wellness was the Japanese art of golden repair and it was a book that I never wanted to actually write. I thought that I was going to write 
health and wellness books forever, cookbooks, you know, basic. And then my publisher at HarperCollins, Julie and Karen, they really pulled something out of me that was always there, but I was just too afraid to face the, the music and say, oh my God, I am different than everybody else. And I have a lot of secret skills and talents that I'm not really tapping into because I'm actually afraid of what people think. I didn't know that if I wrote about Japanese culture, like I didn't know if I would get made fun of the way that I did growing up or get teased or get called, you know, Asian slurs. I've been through it all. Like there were even people in my career just a few years ago that were ratchet to me. And I, what's beautiful about becoming the person that you were always meant to be, I think the most beautiful part is there's almost this sense of redemption where somebody has been taking notes on me for 15 years and I'm actually getting teary just sort of reflecting on that little girl that I used to be. So when I was a writer at Shape and Men's Fitness and an an editor there, I was dating somebody who left me one day. We lived together and he just straight up bailed and it was years ago, my grandma was dying in Japan. So my mom and I flew out there to say goodbye to her. And I began writing this book that Julie and Karen, my publishers at Harbor Collins, basically said that I was ready to write because I wasn't like a little kid anymore. And I had forgotten that, you know, I wasn't 22. You know, I was like in my 30s and I was like, holy shit, you're right. And I was so afraid to write something different about my culture because of the painful childhood memories in the U.S. So first and foremost, it was sort of recognizing what was in me and how scary it is to have to write Japanese. You know, the, the piece that you wrote is about a Kintsugi master in Kyoto. And we should probably flag what page it's on. Yeah, so people can kind of read. 12, I believe. That's cool that you brought up my grandpa too, because mm-hmm. yeah, learning about him and his story of becoming an impressionist painter that had four daughters through World War II, post-World War II, that's another story. You know, like if we look to our ancestors, sometimes we can see that they went through harder things than we are going through right now, even in this moment in time. So when you think it's the very end or when you just can't handle it anymore, or you feel like you're completely broken and shattered. If you kind of go back to where you're from, which is what I did with my grandparents, even visiting my grandpa at the grave, you know, or going to his art studio in Japan. And they're from a tiny island in southern Japan called Beppu or Kyushu, but Beppu is the region which is known for its hot springs and onsen baths and ramen. I kind of found these little pieces of me along the way and I just started putting them back together. And, you know, I'd obviously dated after that and met a multitude of wonderful people post breakup that started to remind me of who I was. You know, there was even a place in Hana Maui where I met other athletes and producers, directors, writers, and these people slowly, this was at like a retreat years ago, They also would slowly reach out to me and and tell me I would be able to get through this because they had all been through it already. So once I started putting these pieces back together, I began to write the book that I was too afraid to write 
And I think Kintsugi Wellness, it ended up being published in 10 languages across the world, including Brazil, Portugal, Poland, Taiwan, Russia, China, Saudi Arabia. I was blown away by how many people are in love with the Japanese culture because it is so incredibly deep and so beautiful. The country was closed off for thousands of years and only opened up a few hundred years ago. So we have this beautiful philosophy of one foot in, one foot out. And cultural appropriation would say, you know, allow Candace to be the grace to explain Japanese culture, not only to Americans and the Western culture in the world, but also allow her to explain it back to the Japanese because they have forgotten how beautiful their own practices are. Wow. So that's that how sounds like a responsibility if I've ever heard yes, of one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And not one that I wanted to carry. Yeah. I mean, that, but Jenna, that that's how I became a director. Was, yeah, let's walk into that. Okay, a few years ago, NHK had me in for a meeting in Tokyo when I was shooting another documentary. And they said, you're more Japanese than we are. And I was like, no, I'm mm-hmm. not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you guys serious? And they're like, we would like for you to create your Kintsugi series for NHK. So they commissioned my first show pitch. I had written hundreds of ideas in my lifetime, in my career, but never had I had a TV show ever get greenlit. So I began writing and directing a show based off of the book, Kintsugi Wellness, which will come out this year. And it was next to the breakup. And I mean, I don't care about that relationship that's long gone. I've done a lot of self-work. It's years later. I knew that I was ready for a new relationship. And lo and behold, this wonderful man came into my life unexpectedly recently. And I was sort of blown away by how comfortable the whole relationship feels. And it just, it feels so right. And we both feel the same way. And it was sort of like what everybody told me would happen if I just, (laughs) yeah, right. I was like, okay, thanks for making it too obvious guys. (laughs) But you know, because of COVID, I wasn't traveling yeah. So that was when they said everything would happen when you sit still in one place. So he's helped me a lot, though, through recognizing my work in a different light. And it's been lovely meeting somebody who's also been through their own history of Kintsugi, which is being completely shattered and broken and having to put pieces back together. So the book and the show are both based on the Japanese art of Kintsugi, which is when an object breaks in Japanese culture. Thousands of years ago, they started a practice of sealing the object, like a vase or a cup or a plate, with a glue or a lacquer. And then they dusted the cracks with this golden powder. And the lines of lineage or the cellular level of who you are as a human and all the work that you do to become a better person can be foreseen through those cracks. And in no way is any human perfect. And even the most beautiful people are sometimes the most broken and the most gritty. And I'm really attracted to that. I'm attracted to people that have been 
through it and come back an even more beautiful person because of empathy, compassion, and grace. And my greatest wish in writing this new show as a director and producing it and interviewing six Nagasaki survivors, interviewing my mother, going back to my grandparents' grave, all of that stuff, that's like the stardust that makes you who you are, you know? And like, when you see the magic in you one day and you talk about that tall order, I have no choice but to carry the torch of the legacy on because nobody else is doing it, Jenna. So I'll cover the Olympics for NBC next year for 2021. I'll write the show for NHK, which is Japan's biggest news network. And I'll continue to figure out what my path is by doing hard things, by pioneering, and by creating new ideas and new artistry and writing better content. And I've shifted my career from chef to journalist because I have to become the change I wish to see. Nobody else was doing it. And I knew that I could actually take on that role and make it into something really beautiful because I've already been broken a few times. You have such a gift of just weaving stories into all of your work, the way you show up, the way you speak. I think that your gift as a storyteller is is something that connects people who might not have even been aware or or known or a part of your heritage and it like opens that door and says like come in and sit mm. down and I want to know because even just hearing you talk I'm so inspired about just heritage and and how do you honor that in business in life in your work what advice do you have for somebody that might be asking that same question okay so it's a real tall order and it's also Something that we have to remember that in the U.S., people tend to come here and they try to hide their culture. But when my family came on a boat from Poland to the U.S., they landed on the East Coast. And my grandfather told them, I will not change my last name. So I knew that I came from a very strong lineage. I didn't know that my grandpa on my dad's side, on the Polish side, was a POW. Until recently, my dad told me and my uncle John told me and my dad is retired Navy and my uncle is U.S. National Guard and U.S. Air Force. And they both told me that my grandpa was never actually able to finish the story of escaping the Russians because it was so incredibly painful for him. Yeah. And, you know, if you look up your lineage, Jenna, and if the listeners, like if all of you look up your lineage, you're going to be blown away by what your grandparents survived. So I knew that I came from a family of very strong individuals who fought for others, who shared artistry with others, who connected dots, who traveled the world without being afraid you know, my grandpa picked up a paintbrush and his canvases and he moved over to Europe, which was unheard of in the 1960s and then through the 70s. And he just painted France, Switzerland, Italy, Geneva was one of their favorite places, Spain. 
I mean, they wouldn't stop talking about Spain. My parents, when they got <laughs> married, they met up with my grandpa across Europe and they honeymooned with him. He had a green beetle that he bought in Paris, a VW beetle, and they drove all over Europe together, just painting and enjoying life, eating great food and drinking a lot of wine. And I knew that I came from a different family. And when you come to the U.S., we tend to try to dilute that or fit in. And as Dr. Seuss always says, why would you try to fit in when you were born to stand out? So if you do the research on your own family's lineage, you'll be able to find a way to interweave these beautiful pieces of your story. And then when you put them back together, you might have this really beautiful aha moment. I'm blown away with where my life is now compared to where it was a year ago, Jenna. And most people don't hear about my sad times, but you know, just a year ago, I was at a wedding of a girlfriend and I quietly sat at a table all by myself in the back and had a lot of thinking to do. I lived in San Francisco at the time, actually, and I was just never quite happy there. And so if you're in that same position, sometimes you need to go through that darkness in order to see the light because one really can't exist without the other. So it was very clear to me after that year that I needed to move Vogue hired me to work on a series with them through Japan in September. So I flew to Japan. I did diligence with my heritage and learning even deeper about the place where my mother and father met in Tokyo and surrounding those areas. I did a lot of research. So when we're able to travel again, you can also figure out a lot about yourself just by traveling, taking notes, writing in your journal. We're just connecting with people that are from a different place than you so that you can learn. And, you know, lo and behold, a few months later, here I am in LA and I, I met somebody that really just kind of blew me away. And I thought, wow, like life is better shared with somebody special. My mom and I were sitting down today and we were just talking and I'm like, you know, with everything that 2020 has brought us, yeah. brought us this like pause button to really be like, what, what do I value? What is important? How do I, you know, dig into all of the different sides of those things and, you know, health and family and what does mm -hmm. success look like and what is worth that cost? And it's just, it's beautiful because your story and your journey has been filled with these highs and lows and these titles and opportunities and these jobs and the hats that you've worn. But I just feel like as you speak, the word that comes to mind is legacy. And I think that mm. you honor so many people's legacies. And I hope that you don't, don't forget that through all of that work that you've done, you've been writing your own, which is so present in the way that you show up and the way you create and the way that you share. Oh, Jenna, thanks. I'm sitting here in my bed in a Japanese robe <laughs> and drinking my matcha and I'm like, legacy. Yes, <laughs> you have a powerful one. Oh, you're so you're sweet. sweet. I think it's important to walk away from your work at the end of the day and always think to yourself, what did I do to contribute good to this world today? And do I feel good about what I'm doing? And if the answer is yes, then you just keep going with that feeling. 
I also really want to encourage women to support more women because your experience and my experience, Jenna, will not be like our male counterparts. They just will not be. Yep. You have boobs and so do I. And that makes us special. So. I feel like that has to be your mic drop moment. Like there's no topping that line. There's no way that we can turn this into anything better than what was just said. That's it, Candace. Where can everybody find you and connect with you and become your friend and see just the gifts that you bring to this world? Where can that happen? You're so sweet, Jenna. Well, the first thing I want to do is make sure that every girl is following somebody that makes them feel good. And I promise my job is to always promise you that I'll always give you feel good content. So I'm at Candice Kumai, C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M as in Mary, A-I. My website is CandiceKumai.com, C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M as in Mary, A-I. And... The last book that I wrote was called Kintsugi Wellness, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I, which is the Japanese art of golden repair. It's a book that was really written for women to find themselves and to look through life in a different lens and to cook, nourish, and take care of oneself. It does not mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I'm better than anyone. It doesn't mean that I have all the answers. I simply just wrote the book off of personal experience. And I said, I hope this helps other people. And I, I'm just dying for every girl to pick up the book, to follow more women like Candace and Jenna, and to understand that our deepest struggles are shared with you. I have the same issues that all of you have with emotional, mental, like, and physical health every day. I can barely even, you know, catch up with work these days because I, we're not making any profit. So the easiest thing to do is to just support other women by giving a follow and a shout out and picking up their book or their work or telling somebody you love them. And there are lots of great endeavors that are on their way. We're launching a new product line that might have to do with something Japanese, which I'm dying to share with you, Jenna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And we're writing... The cool thing is I recently changed agencies to a very prestigious journalistic agency. So I'll be writing a new show. And I hope that the Kintsugi series is also launched this year. The best place to find out what we're on next is really just going to my Instagram. I'm so grateful that people get to finally listen in to all of this. Yay! I know! I'm not going to lie. Candace and I talked for a long time after we stopped recording. And I hope that today's conversation just opened your eyes to legacy in a new way and heritage and how beautiful it can be to celebrate the stories past while you live out your own. Candace is an incredible woman whose story shows that it's okay to pivot and to twist and to try new things and to continue on that pursuit of the wildly full life that you desire. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. 
Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com.